I'm Mindy Hancock, Mindset and Life Coach, and you're listening to the Mindy Mission Podcast. This podcast is a high-vibe, expansive space for women on a mission who are ready to stop playing small. You have one life to live. It is up to you to decide how you choose to spend it. It's time to stop waiting, stand up, and start living your guys and welcome back to another episode of the Mindy Mission Podcast. Today I had the pleasure of interviewing Taylor Morrison. Taylor is a brand builder and self-care advocate. She explores purpose and process to help people and organizations build brands that help their, them achieve their own definition of success. Her work experience spans from working for a Fortune 100 company as a participant in their leadership development program to working at a startup as their first full-time employee and their vice president of operations. Today, she helps clients connect to their mission, vision, and values, strategically build their brands, and create brand-aligned processes that are efficient and enjoyable for all involved. You guys, this episode is so good, and Taylor talks about self-care in a way that you probably haven't heard about self-care before. Um, she takes away all the the frilly, the fun stuff that we hear, you know, self-care is. You know, we hear, take a bubble bath, go get your nails done, do something for you, which you've heard me speak on, but Taylor really brings it down to self-care isn't all about the fun stuff, like the taking the bubble bath and all of that. We talk about what it is as far as tuning into your body and how you can learn to take care of you by really tuning into your whole self. So we talked a lot about that and burnout and boundaries and all the things that happens when you have a business and you have a full-time job because she's right there along with us girls. Those of you who are working those full-time jobs and you have a side hustle, she's right there with us. And so I know you guys are going to love it. Tag us both in your Instagram stories by screenshotting this and posting it to your Instagram stories so we know that you're loving it. And again, please review, review and subscribe the podcast so we can keep it coming and make sure that we give you what you want. And when I say we, I'm talking about me. <laughs> I don't know who the we is, but me. so that I give you what you want. Hey guys, real quick, give me a drum roll. I mean a legitimate drum roll. Stop what you're doing. I want you to give me a drum roll on your desk or maybe on your steering wheel. I need a drum roll right now. I'm introducing to you right now the Clarity and Grace, a one-day women's empowerment event. It's happening. I'm hosting it on June the 29th downtown Waco at Cultivate 712. And my mission for this event is to have every woman walk out knowing and owning her worth and that you, I'm talking to you, have massive purpose on this planet. No more holding back, no more waiting. No, It's time to take full ownership of your worth, living fully in your purpose and walking out of that room bold, powerful, and confident. I'm going to have some epic speakers alongside me and sponsorships and swag bags that are going to make your jaw drop. So if you are local to Waco, you have no excuse to not be in this room. If you are not local to Waco, make a trip to Waco Town. You can go see Magnolia and do all the fun touristy things while you're here, and you are not going to want to 
to miss this. The tickets are on sale now. You can go to the link in my Instagram bio. You can go to the link in the show notes. You can find the tickets there. Do not miss it. We need to see you there. Am I going to see you? I hope so. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Today on the podcast, I have Taylor Morrison. Welcome, Taylor. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so glad you're here. So I always start out my podcast the same when I have a guest on. I just like to ask you if you can tell the listeners who you are, um, what has led you to this point, and kind of tell us what you do, what has, like, just your story, who is Taylor at her core? Yeah. This is hard. I think I would have to say that who I am at my core is a learner. Mm -hmm. And when I was little, I used to go to the library and I would be interested in a topic. Like one time I was obsessed with Queen Elizabeth or another time I was obsessed with ballet and I'd literally get like half a shelf of books and just ravenously learn about whatever I could. And then once I had more access to the internet once that got popular then I would just research I'd google things I'd look at websites and so that's something that's been kind of a thread throughout my whole career um I started my career in corporate and decided that that wasn't really for me so I left and I was the first full-time employee at a startup which was such a fun and growing experience and what I realized was that as much as I loved the startup life, it always felt like the company was like my niece or nephew and not my actual business baby. And so it just kind of reaffirmed to me that entrepreneurship was the path that I wanted to for sure take. So as I, as soon as I graduated college, I started a brand strategy company and I'd been working on that on the side throughout college and my different full-time jobs. And around last year, I decided to take a leap into closer to full-time entrepreneurship. I'm not quite all the way full-time yet. And a lot of what that taught me of having pretty demanding full-time jobs where I'm like running a company and then also having this other company that's my baby and I care about so much is that I burned myself out a lot. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn how to practice self-care because I love to learn. I love to do things and I can slip into a mentality of everything needing to be done right now, which ends up being like you get so burned out that you can't get any of the things on your to-do list done. So now the work that I'm doing, I still take some brand strategy and brand experience clients, but a lot of the work that I'm doing is actually shifting into sharing more of my own journey of self-care and helping other women figure out what self-care looks like for them. Because if you've looked at Instagram, you've probably seen people hashtag self-care with their facial and their baths. And I love both of those things, but it goes so, so much deeper than that. Mm, I love it. Yes. I love this topic. And I think this is something that a lot of my listeners need to hear because like you, a lot of the listeners, um, and like myself, we have a full-time job of some sort, or we work more than one job or, um, have a side hustle and a full-time gig. So majority of my listeners do the same thing. Um, because I'm a full-time teacher, obviously right now I'm on summer break, but then I run my business on the side. So being 
wearing multiple hats and doing more than one thing is something that I've felt like I've done for forever. But granted, I do know what it's like to be burned out. And I do know what it's like um, when I get on that brink of burnout and like what happens to my body, what happens to my, the way I speak, the way I think, my mindset, the way I do all things changes. And even to the point where my husband notices it and he'll be like, okay, you're on that brink, you know? So I do want to, I definitely want to go down the the path of self-care. But before we do that, I want to ask you a couple of things. So you left your, your, your corporate world and you started into the startup. You were the first employee of the startup company that you were with. And then you talked about how you have, since you were at graduated college, you've had this side business throughout mm-hmm. having, you know, different full-time jobs or working at the startup, you did something else on the side. And since I know what that's like, and most of the listeners are trying to do the same thing as well. Can you talk about a little bit of how you found like what, what was, what did you do as far as like managing it versus, you know, cause, and we can get into burnout and all that kind of stuff. And then I want to lead into self-care and how you teach your clients as far as self-care, but like how, how did you learn to manage it all? Because I know that's the tricky part. And I get a lot of people ask me, how do you do all of this? Like, how do you teach? How do you have, you know, your coaching business? How do you run a podcast? How do you do all those things? And sometimes I, I, I forget what it's like to not do all of the things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause yeah. I've been doing them for so long. So I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I just do these things. So can you just speak on that a little bit? What was that part of your life? Like when you, I know you said you're still not completely full-time entrepreneur and neither am I. So I still feel you where I feel like we're on the same page here, but just yeah. kind of talk, talk about your, your style of managing it and like what worked for you. Granted, like I say all the time, what works for me or what works for you may not work for everyone else, but take what you want, leave the rest is what I usually tell my listeners because, you know, like try it on for size, see if it works. If it doesn't try something else or try parts of it. So I just like to get other people's perspective and opinions. Yeah. Um, it looks different at different times. Hmm. I've pretty much always known that entrepreneurship was something that I wanted. So I actually married my high school sweetheart. And at some point in our relationship, I remember telling Matt, like, that's my, my husband. I remember telling him like, if I'm 30 and I'm not doing full-time in entrepreneurship, can you please just make sure that I quit my job? Because the job, especially my corporate job, like they set you up so well. They're one of the companies that still has a pension, like, wow. and you have a 401k and they have a good match and you get a month of vacation. It's just really nice. Yeah. And so I didn't want to get too comfortable And so I kind of always had to dive into my personal mission, vision, and values and get really clear on like, what do I want? Where am I going? How do I want to move about the work that I do in returning to that? And then setting priorities. So understanding, first of all, seeing your full-time job as a gift, like so much of what I learned in my full-time job, I've been able to spin into different client work and it's helped me get other opportunities. So not writing off your full-time job because there's definitely something for you to learn there. Even if it seems like it's, there isn't like, even if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's, there's a lesson in there if you want there to be a lesson. Yeah. So, um, and then just, yeah, being really aware of what type of work I could do. So there was a while, like way back in my business, I was doing social media management. 
for some of my clients as an extension of their brand work. And that was just not good for me to do as a side hustle with the nature of my full-time job. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to have a certain level of engagement and it was pulling me in different directions throughout the day. So I realized that more strategic work works better for me because I could do those, get in flow state, do it on whatever my time was and not be worried about like, oh my gosh, it's 10 a.m. This is a good time for this type of engagement. So being aware of the type of the work that you do, being really aware of my clients, like choosing clients who are really understanding of boundaries and understanding what your boundaries are. And this is something I'm still working on. I just had to reset boundaries with a client yesterday and realize, oh, I, maybe I wasn't as explicit in my boundaries as I thought I was. Let's do a reset. So it's still a muscle that I'm learning to grow or flex, but mm-hmm. it started in my side hustle days when like you only have so much time. So you got to prioritize um, what else did I do? I think those are probably the the major things were being aware of the type of work that I did, the type of clientele that I attracted. And then I love, like I was vice president of operations at a startup. I love automation. So just starting to realize where can I use, use software for this? If there's an email that I'm sending a lot of times, can I make a keen response? Things like that just to kind of create an employee for yourself that through technology. Those yeah. are really helpful to me. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. And I think that you kind of said automation is one thing too that I've learned or even delegating um, where I am like maybe in areas that I'm not as strong or maybe even in areas that like are not income producing per se. Um, mm. That learning to delegate those so that I can really focus on where I'm good at, where I'm great versus and let my, you know, like my, my assistant do all the things that she's really good at. So kind of letting each other shine and in our own zone of genius has really helped been helpful for me. But I will say too, you said something about, um, boundaries. And I I think too, when you have a full-time job or you're doing more than one thing and setting boundaries is huge with your clients. And I have learned that, but I've also had to it's also finding like, you're right. Clients have to respect it. Um, because I feel like too, I had to reset some boundaries as well or saying like, like I am here for my clients and if they message me or they, you know, need me, I will get back to you, but they know that there is a clear boundary. Like it depends on where I'm at. And like, if I'm at my full-time job and I cannot give you 100% of me as a coach, then I'm not going to like respond to you until I can give you 100% of me. So just having that respect between each other that yes, I will get back to you and understand that when I do, I am 100% in, it's not part of me. Like I'm giving you all of me. So being able to just respect, respect that, but boundaries is huge. And, um, I totally, totally understand where you come as far as like, cause I remember coming from that space of like, feeling like I needed to live on my phone, feeling like I needed to engage all the time and feeling like I needed to get back to everyone right now. And then I realized that one day it's just like, you know what? If I get a text message, like I don't have to respond right now. That, mm-hmm. That's why a text message is a text message. Like if somebody calls me and I answer and they're talking to me, like I have to, I have to talk. But if somebody texts me, I don't have to text back, but society, we've made it believe that it's an instant communication. 
And it can be, but if I don't want to text you back right now, I shouldn't have to. I should I can have boundaries. Yeah. I think that's such a good reminder. And what you were saying just reminded me that it's setting boundaries both ways. Like I also had to set boundaries with my full-time job mm-hmm. because I have had multiple and I did like a higher level of full-time jobs, but I've worked in pretty much every type of organization and I've definitely had bosses who are workaholics or insomniacs and they will be messaging me at all hours of the day. I also, in the, I ended up going, it's a long story, but I ended up going back to the corporation that I worked for because they wanted someone that had startup experience and corporate experience. And so I went to a subset of their organization and we were working with people in India and Ireland. So then you have different time zones, global time zones at play. And just having to say that like my, the job that I had involved employee culture and running events. And so I did have to stay after hours, but that meant that like maybe I would take a longer lunch and do some work over that lunch or different things like that and not expect, not setting an expectation for people that, especially some of my managers, like you can send me an email at 10 PM, but I'm not going to be looking at it until I'm back in the office at 8 AM. Yes. And that's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that, um, I know even myself, I have to still like mindfully remind myself like that just because someone is sending you something at 10 PM doesn't mean that you have to respond at 1030. Like you can wait till tomorrow when like it's a new day, it's 8 AM, you're back in, you know, work mode. It doesn't have to be right now, even though they're obviously still in work mode or they're needing something or whatever. It doesn't mean that you have to be in that space. So sometimes even now, like I'm have gotten really good at that but I will still find myself slipping back into that. Oh, it's just real quick. Let me just say yes. Or let me just say, I'll talk to you about that later. Like, no, I can do that tomorrow. So just being mindful of that um, because it's easy to slip back in. And then once I feel like sometimes once you like go down that rabbit hole and then you start to open up that, you kind of start start leaning on your boundaries. Then people, once you let them in, they keep going and they keep going. And then it becomes this like, it's okay for them to message you or email you or text you Mm -hmm. at midnight because you've started to get back to them. And so I have to be mindful of like, well, if I don't want this to happen, I can't allow it to happen. I completely agree. And sometimes what I will do is if I happen to be working later at night or earlier in the morning, because that works for me and it's a client that I'm worried about boundaries. Like I know if I give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Mm -hmm. Then I will schedule that to go out during business hours. So if I really want to sit down and work on it, I can, but they get it the next morning Mm -hmm. and it's still like, okay, this is the expectation. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I love that idea. I've never even thought about like scheduling it back. (laughs) I love that. Um, I need to think about that, but okay. So let's lead into, okay let's say you have a lack of boundaries. You're doing all the things you're wearing all the hats. You're doing the side hustle. You're doing the full-time gig. You're in corporate. You're doing everything. Don't have any boundaries. You don't know when to shut off and then burnout happens. Yeah. So when you have a client who's like burnout city right now, where, what's your first step into kind of reversing burnout and getting out of it? What's your first step? Yeah. Um, For me, 
it's all about learning how to listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this whole journey of self-care has been about for me is just picking up on the cues that my body is giving me. And I feel like body can be limited, but like maybe your subconscious, I don't know, the things that are not like my brain thinking that there are cues. Like, oh yeah, my body is telling me right now that if I don't chug some more water, I'm going to get a migraine. Mm -hmm. Like I can feel that right now because I've had years and years of tuning into my body and understanding. So I think the first step is always saying, okay, I'm here. Understanding what here is like, how, how are you feeling burnout? Are you really tired? Like you said, is someone else telling you, Hmm, maybe you're a little bit burned out right now. Um, is it sometimes people are burned out and it's actually like they have this energy, but it's not like an aligned energy. It's kind of like a manic energy. Mm-hmm. Or, so it looks a little bit different for everyone, but understanding where here is and then starting to build a conversation. My whole definition of self-care is listening to your body or your whole self mm-hmm. and responding in the most loving way possible. So you always got to start with the listening and then you can start to build out responses. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I like that you said that because sometimes we, when we're in this like busy go, 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 we don't take the time to like check in with ourselves and like really hear and feel what's really going on inside of us subconsciously or like what our body's trying to tell us. Like maybe it's the fact that like, I'll go through times where I've like not slept or I can't get to sleep. Once I fall asleep, I'm fine, but it's like the going to sleep part. I can't turn off my brain. Or, um, I can really tell whenever things are starting to like, I'm starting to get to that brink too, is, or feeling even when I don't even realize that I'm stressed, like I don't, I'm like, no, I'm good. Like I'm going, I'm doing the things I'm fine. But then when I go to lay down, like I can't, like I have this, I'll have this horrible, like restless leg situation where like, Mm. I can't physically calm my body and will bring me to tears. But that's when I'm like, Hmm, okay, what's going on? What's happening in my life right now? Where am I going too strong? What's happening? And even my husband will say, like, like I said earlier, he'll be like, okay, Mindy, like you're going to reach the point of burnout, like real burnout. And once you get there, it's really like it, like you're not like that passion that you have right now, it's going to feel different. And I'm like, that's true. Like you're going to, like, you don't want to burn out that passion. So being very mindful of that. So, um, because yeah, like knowing like the cues that your body is telling you, but you have to t- tune into that. And it's so easy to ignore it. It's so easy just to go. And I mean, we've all done it. Like we've all just pushed ourselves to the brink or like stop taking, it's easier to be like, you know what? I'm not going to work out today because I need to do X, Y, and Z. And then the next day turns into, okay, well, I'm not going to work out today either. I'm not going to move my body today because I need to do this. And then you turn around and it's been two weeks and you haven't moved your body. And then I, then I wonder why I feel like crap, you know, like, why do I feel this way? Oh, well, I haven't even moved my body in two weeks. Like where, where did all that time go? So just really trying to like, not allowing, I try not to allow myself I'm trying hard to not allow myself to get to that point where I'm like, okay, now why am I feeling like this to, to figure it out in the middle of it or at the beginning of it so that I can do what I need to do to kind of stop that from happening. But so whenever you talk about self-care, you talked about like self-care being like being able to tune into your body 
as mm-hmm. your, like your whole body. So can you, can you talk on like how you work with people to, cause like you said, like having a mask or, you know, self-care Sunday, you know, where you're doing your bubble yeah. bath and you've got your lush bath bomb, um, whatever. So like, we all love to do that. Like that's fun. And it's like the thing right now, but what do you tell us more about self-care and your opinion on self-care? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say that I'm not in the least like anti-baths. It's actually one of my first fashion So the first thing that I want to say is that I'm not anti-bath at all. I That's actually my first self-care ritual was taking a bath. I was feeling super stressed out and I was trying to do stuff for my full-time job in for my side hustle. And I, I don't know if you've ever had this where you're sitting in front of your laptop and you're like, I should be being productive, but I think I'm just typing and nothing actually is getting done. (laughs) So I closed the laptop and took a bath and was like, wait, that feels really good. And then I kept doing it. And then I started being able to cultivate it. So when it comes to learning how to listen, there are a few different like tools or methods that can work. Um, One is stillness. And it's probably the hardest one. Mm -hmm. Um, And stillness can be like sitting in silence. If you're a meditator, you can meditate. Um, But for me lately, it's been silence. Like I've been in car rides instead of putting music or podcast on, and I love podcasts, I will just have the car ride in silence and have time to listen to what's going on. And there's a lot of really fun things like cool business ideas that come up, but also some like, oh, maybe I need to dive a little bit deeper. So stillness is one observation, really starting to understand just to notice things. Observation is kind of a little bit more over time. So like with my migraines, I started to realize that there was a combination of events that happened that made a migraine. So if it's really hot and humid outside and I didn't get enough sleep the night before and I didn't drink enough water, if I have two out of three of those, I'm probably going to have a migraine. Mm -hmm. So I know if I'm going to have a later night, I definitely got to make sure that I am not out in the sun the next day and that I'm chugging water Mm -hmm. or there's going to be a migraine, but it's observing over time. And then the final is reflection, which is probably one of my favorites. It's just journaling, starting to ask yourself different questions and see what comes up for you. Um, In that one, a lot of people like, because it's more active, you don't have to sit still. Um, It's kind of the instant gratification of listening to your body because Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like those. I really like these three um, tips right here because self-care is so like, I feel like it is such a buzzword right now and in society that like, and it is all about the fun, pretty, like go get your nails done, do all that kind of stuff. But this is really where it starts. And I want to ask you a little bit about the reflection piece because journaling is something that I find like, I really like to do. And I really like the, the act of like, journaling out what's going on or journaling just gratitude and kind of sitting in that. But I've had clients where I'll say like, okay, I want you to journal on, you know, what you're feeling. And some, I've had some clients push back like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be writing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, don't have an expectation. So what do you say in that event? Like, well, I don't know. What am I supposed to write? How am I supposed to write? And there's no right or wrong answer. There's no right or wrong way to write. So what do you say in that event when somebody says, I don't know how to do that? 
Yeah, that's when I would give a question. Mm-hmm. So like at the end of last year, I made 18 questions to ask yourself before 2018 ends. And a lot of people liked that because it was a more structured journaling. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like you and I both can kind of just understand what we're feeling and put it out on the page. But some right. people like that question. So it can be like for those ones that were was things like where where was a place that you felt proud in 2018? Um, if you're looking at something self-care related, it could be like, when did I feel strong in the past month? Mm-hmm. When did I notice myself getting anxious or angry? Things like that. And yeah. then you'll probably find that once you start to write words on the page, all this other stuff comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, I, I definitely promote that as far as, and when you said that about, about stillness, like it's very hard to be still. And I, I, I agree, like, especially when you are doing so many things, when you tell somebody like to just sit for five minutes in the quiet or meditate, a lot of people are like, you're crazy. I don't have five minutes and I can't sit still or I can't stop thinking. And I get it. Like I was the world's worst at, um, not wanting to be alone by myself because then like my mind would start racing, but the being in your car and driving in silence is something that I have, I find myself doing quite a bit Mm -hmm. and it's a nice, it's a nice break. It's a nice, like just way to decompress too. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's one of those things where I just check in with myself like my first tendency is to put on music or a podcast, but sometimes I'll, I'll feel a weirdness around it and say, okay, let me just try pausing this and see what happens. And then it's like, oh, something needed to come up or be expressed or yeah. So it's, that's one of those active self-care practices is just checking in and seeing, okay, what do we need right now? What's the most loving response right now? And sometimes it's to like, blast the music and have a dance party in my car. And sometimes it's to drive in silence. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love it. So anything that you want to leave the listeners with right now, any other like tips that you would say 100% I need to leave them with that when they walk away, if they take anything to do with self-care or anything to do with boundaries or burnout or any of those things, if there's something that you want to leave them with, what would that be? Yeah, it's, For me, I just want to remind you that self-care is always changing. So the best thing that you can do is cultivate that skill of listening. And then you may find that you create this great self-care tool that feels really great. And then maybe you're not in your full-time job anymore or the, the physical season changes. Like you go from summer to fall and it doesn't feel right anymore and that's okay. Then you listen again and you shift and you rebuild. So self-care is fluid. And if you get to a point where your self-care practice is so rigid, there's probably not a lot of actual care in it. So yeah, feel free to experiment with it. Keep listening and yeah, build that relationship with your whole self. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to ask you three random questions that I ask every time that we end. So the first question is, what is your favorite word? My favorite word? Oh my gosh, this is so hard. Um, my mom used to be an English teacher. And so there were times, like when I first learned how to read, I would just read like her textbooks. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a lot of words that I really love. Right now, 
the word that is coming to mind. Oh, there's so many good ones. <laughs> I think right now the word that's coming to mind is ease. It's short and it's simple and it's something I'm cult- trying to cultivate in my life right now. Yeah, it's a good word. And it, it feels good when you say it too. It's just a good word. Yeah, it's like a little breath of fresh air. Yes, it is. Okay, second question is what is your favorite sound? Mm. These are really good. I love the sound of water, whether it's rain or an ocean. Mm-hmm. It's always soothing. Or my bathtub running. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the last question is bedroom, car, or your desk. What do you make sure is cleaned first? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's an area where I need to practice more self-care. <laughs> um, For me, it's probably my room, but my room is currently really messy right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So lastly, can you tell the audience how they can get in touch with you? How can they start following you and get in your energy? Yeah. Um, Best place to connect with me is probably on Instagram, Taylor Elise, E-L-Y-S-E Morrison, um, or on my website at taylorelise.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you coming and, you know, giving your tips on self-care. And I really liked how, you know, it talks a lot about just tuning in with you and it's not all about the, it doesn't have to all be about the frilly fun stuff, right? So, but tapping into yourself. So thank you so much for being here. And those of you listening, I'll see you in the next episode.